This is Working the Beat. It is Monday, January 13, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney, along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us here on a jam-packed podcast on a Monday in January. You think it's not going to be so, but a lot going on today. You know, we'll talk to Mike Jensen of the Inquirer in a few minutes. We'll talk a little college hoops. We may even throw in the national championship game this evening. Uh, 16. No, I think we'll talk national championship game and throw in a little college. Yeah. Uh, Something like that. We'll throw, yeah, 16-day layoff uh, for Clemson and LSU before they tee it up this evening at the Dome. Uh, so we'll talk to Mike about that. Also talk Villanova and suddenly Penn and Temple just sticking out the joint. We'll talk about that as well with Mike Jensen. Then we'll come back. We'll talk about the NFL playoffs with Mike and I. Um, a little surprising weekend um, given what just happened. one game. Well, the one game was surprising. I, I think one other game was really good. I thought the Packers and the um, Seahawks last night was a really good game. That's, that's and why we'll, that was the lowest point spread. Yeah, and we'll break down the Bill O'Brien nightmare that was yesterday <laughs> afternoon. Once it gets going downhill, it gets going downhill. And you could sense there was like three plays that, that changed the game around in about three minutes. Right. Uh, w- would that have happened if those three plays don't happen? I don't know. We'll never know. Um, you know, yep. the Eagles could be in the hunt for John DeFilippo, who was fired today by the Jaguars. We'll talk about that. They want to be. Well, that's a good question. No, I mean, I, I'm asking. It, I mean, really, I don't know. Well, it, it's interesting because it's the snap thing is that Wentz people had this, his people have this like DeFilippo thing, though. You know what I'm but saying? But Wentz had his best year under DeFilippo and, and Reich. Right. You can't bring Reich back, so maybe you try to bring DeFilippo back. That's but obviously DeFilippo the reason. That's a good question. I don't know that because I'm. I don't even know if Frank was the reason. I think I still think it was a combination of kind of the three of them working well together. Well, now with Pat Shermer not in the mix anymore since he's going to Denver, so that's going to be an interesting point. And, and Deuce Staley. So if right. Deuce Staley doesn't get the job, well, people like you know. I remember Marcus had a column recently that basically said he didn't get it last time. He better get it this time, or should get it, or however Marcus mm-hmm. phrased it. Right. I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know. And towards the end of the show, we will touch on what has turned into, at least until the national championship game kicks off today, maybe the biggest story in sports. ESPN breaking in and everything. The Astros deciding to fire both uh, Jeff Luno and AJ Hinch, the uh, the uh, ma- uh, general manager and the manager, respectively. Uh, also, uh, the assistant GM was banned for a year. This is all after Major League Baseball. Uh, uh, ruling on a suspension in the cheating scandal that has now cast a pall over their cast a pall 2017 wow. World Series. What if they would have won this year, which they should have? You well, know, well, I mean, think no, about I'm just saying. With that, if you're talking about something happened two years ago, which is fine. Um, you know, they're not going to take the World Series away from them. No, um, but if they had won this year. And now well, you're firing the manager. Well, and you're also talking that the Red Sox in 18 are under investigation under Alex Cora, yeah, the guy who was, was there in 17, who was there with the Astros in 17. So there's there would be a possibility of the last three World Series winners being believe, tarnished. And without knowing, I gotta believe if they found the Astros guilty to this degree, and Cora was with the Astros in 17, mm-hmm. I gotta believe that he's going to be found guilty. And I got to believe that his suspension is going to be now what the Red Sox will do. Who knows? I mean, the punishment is ex- uh, like losing your first two, your first two draft picks. Is that part in of it each too? of the next yeah. two years? Hey, look, good five for major- million dollars. Fine good for Major League Baseball. 
Yeah. See, I never thought the Patriots should have been like to me the Patriots, and they never really got caught per se. And I know that the footballs you could argue it's a lot of wink, a lot of nod on right, on, but not, on but it wasn't gate. to this degree. Right. I don't believe. Maybe some people will think it was, mm-hmm. but to me, I've always loved the fact in baseball that you could steal signs on the field. You know that Larry Boa could be sitting in the dugout and maybe pick up something there. To me, that's all fair game. That's baseball for 150 mm-hmm. years. But not what these guys are accused of doing. No, I mean, setting up cameras and using video. But haven't equipment. we heard other things? Didn't the Phillies get sort of like accused? Well, of the Phillies were accused with binoculars. Okay, what? Well, that's that's it's, not uh, on the field. That's not on. That's not on the field. But it's not. No, it's no, not, but, no. Buts. It's not as complicated a system, Kevin. There's no buts. No, I I it's understand. You, you got somebody off the field who is relaying information to somebody on the field. That's yeah, and didn't the Cubs also? Wasn't there a Cubs thing? There was whispers of the Cubs. Oh, the yeah. But what I'm saying is that to me, it, it, that's wrong too. You, you. But if 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 God forbid, Larry Bo is sitting there and says, "Hey, I know when they're signaling the right. steal." Hey, or the guy at second base will peel looks at the catcher, you know, and right we'll, figures out. We'll peel back the the layers of the onion on this in a few minutes um, when we talk about. But it, it's gonna. I bet you every baseball operation. So, uh, every organization is going to look at their baseball ops to make sure after this came down that nothing like this happens. No, I think Major League Baseball is going to do something. Yeah. I think Major League Baseball is probably going to put a guy in every stadium, in every whatever, specifically to yeah. sit there and make sure that this isn't happening. Um, but that's what happens in, a, in an era where you have TVs all over the place and cameras. Especially under the replay circumstances where I'm you have sure a replay room. Right? On, I am sure... You delved into every sport at every. I've always wondered, like in football, like would it be possible for a team to have an eye in the sky, so to speak? Who could relay it? Well, that's why time. all the coaches now cover their mouth, right? And I'm always like, what are you, what are you covering your mouth for? Well, because I guess if somebody's watching you and can, how would you like to be a Houston sports writer over the last 24 hours? Hey, you've been there. I've been there. We've all been there. It happens. That's why. That's why sports is. It you never know. Yeah. What's going? You know. You wake up one day and think, "Hey, it's an easy day." And I'm like, "Okay, then my team lost, but you know." And, and I'm sure they had an idea this was going to happen. Oh no, it was going to happen. Isn't I, our guy down there covering Houston and the guy that you speak? Jake Kaplan. Yeah, Jake. Right. Yeah. Good guy. I'm, I'm sure. I'm not calling Jake today. <laughs> I'm sure Jake's not having a good day, but. Um, but again, this was kind of known that something was going to come. Boy, the Astros now have to find a GM and a manager with less than twenty, and they would have been the. I'm guessing. Well, the Yankees might probably be the right. favorite, I guess, but, but they'd be the second favorite. But, but less than twenty five days before spring training. Hey, hey, don't do the crime. You know, you can't. The timing <laughs> on these yeah. things is is, yeah. If you're going to cheat, and look, do I know if that's the reason they won or not? I don't have the faintest idea. They got they have a pretty good team with pretty good players. And obviously, it didn't help them this year in the World Series if they were still doing no, it. No, but if, but if you're the Dodgers, oh yeah, and you, you lost the last two, uh, the, the Bellinger the two came out and said something like, "Yeah, this sucks." Yeah, we'll get into that later on. But uh, when we come back, hey, we we still haven't given up the 2004 Super Bowl in this town. Yeah, I know. Think about that. I know. At 17, 16 years ago, dude, <laughs> they knew what we were going to do. When we come back, Mike Jensen to talk uh, low college football. He said he might talk Jack in the box. He has some. He has some of my better Jack in the box stories because he okay. was there. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk college football, and we'll talk 
Uh, local title game. Uh, well, over basketball and Villanova. what's with the rest of the Big Five. Yep. Back after this. Looking to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way? This is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Work It To Be podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now, your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Work It To Be podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia, and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workingthebeat at gmail.com to join the Working the Beat podcast family. And joining us now, the college sports columnist. I think that's the proper term to use for the Inquirer and the Daily News. Former running mate on the road on the Temple Beat with Mr. Kern. It's Mike Jansen. Mike, how are you? Doing great, doing great. I'll take that proper title, sure. How how was your uh, small college lunch today? Pretty good? Uh, Good, good. Chicken parm sandwich. It was was, uh, quite quite fine, quite fine. Two weeks from now, it'll be what? Chickies and peach at like noonish? Yeah, first week of February. Are you trying yeah, to weasel? First, are you trying no. to weasel in for a free meal? It's not free. Oh, that's true. No, I used to go to the and I, I forgot they changed them to Mondays and now they do it at Chickies and Pete's. I might show up at one. You yeah. know, I showed up at one a couple years ago. And if, it, oh, wait, the Monday after the Super Bowl? Yeah, what am I doing the Monday after the Super Bowl? I'm off actually. So okay, well then then you're invited. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll all go down. We'll all go down. Special guest podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, that might not be the worst idea you ever had, pal. <laughs> might uh, not be the best either. Yeah, uh, well. All right, Mike, before we get into the uh, college basketball end of it from around here, um, let me uh, let me ask you right off the top. Oop, oop, I think I accidentally cut him off uh, as we... Uh, hold on. I will try to reconnect, Mr. Kern. Please, Phil. Please, Phil. Um, dead air. <laughs> and, um, Mike and I had some good times. And he, and he, he can tell some funny stories about me. Did some of, yeah. I, I, I was filming, and I said, you could tell some funny stories about me. And I was thinking about Cincinnati in 2005. That was a good story. Yeah. But I don't know if I can tell that one. Yeah, that's right. That, that would be a whole different kind of Yeah, climate. yeah. Um, so who do you got tonight? Who did you, you took Clemson, didn't you? Or uh, in the I took paper, Clemson to cover, right? Okay, but, well, but and, and a, uh, I'm, I mean, I think LS, I think, I, I think this is one of those games that uh, could be, you know, hell of a football game, and there's reason not to think that. I mean, athletes loaded up on both sides. I like LSU's athletes a little better. Uh, Clemson been there a little before. Why, why shouldn't this be a good game? But Clemson to cover. But you know, I mean, my my picks. I have a special guest picker. Um, <laughs> I, I, my, my my friend Tony. So so we pick every week. Are right. you allowed to say this on the air? Is this like I told the bosses? Why? It's oh, okay. Like well, he, then it's fair he's, game. He's 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 not he's not a gambler or anything like that. But my my buddy and I last. Uh, year after week one of the picks, we're sitting at the Palladium having a beer, and I went four and eleven the first week. He's like, "I could do better than that," mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Okay, do better than that." So, so he sends me his picks, and he does it as best he can, and, and he's 
in the data business and he travels a lot. So he's in Texas a lot. So he's, he feels like he's got a clue. So he started better. And even this year he started better, but his bowl picks kind of, kind of went down. Uh, it was all up for grabs uh, at bowl season and it didn't quite happen. So it was fine. No, I went to the bosses and I said, listen, so he did this. I had told him that last year. Right. I said, this year we had lost a couple of pickers, uh, you know, they they drafted like me. me for it after after you <laughs> no but you were already gone oh, okay so I was drafted to replace you yeah. but we had some others who had left so I said why don't we have my guy Tony and why don't we just say he's he's he grew up in Southwest Philly either say Southwest Philly under his picture or Philadium Barfly either <laughs> one uh, and just not name him and I'll make my own picks but have his picks and they kind of said yeah that sounds fun but nah that's all right uh, so he. So he still did the pick. So I, I think I am not coming in last. I think mathematically uh, tied for last with Ed Barkowitz, but Ed and I have different picks and Luke Reisner has the same pick as me. If I think either Luke or Ed is technically going to come in last, but I'm right there in the fight for last. Is this Clemson Aaron pick Carson. your pick or is this uh, Southwest no, Philadelphia's pick? But I agree with it. Okay. I okay. Fair enough. Agree with it. So I wrote the sentence that, that came with it. Right. Um, but the, I, I don't. I've never tried to to uh, to reverse his picks. I figure, okay, if he's going to do the picks, he's going to do the picks. So anyway, Mike, isn't that fascinating? But uh, there we go. Mike, how much does the sixteen day layoff take a little bit away from this game? Because it feels like they haven't played college football in forever. Well, I, I think they should just hold off the final four until May. I mean, give guys time to rest. You can load up, have press conferences every day. You know, why not? You know, I mean, I mean, same thing. Why, why play the masters in April? Give them, give them a month to practice down there and they could do the same thing. It's ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. I mean, obviously they, they play when, when TV will fit all their games together and they don't want to compete with playoffs. We know all the variables, but it is crazy. And, and you don't know, uh, you know, how much it, it impacts one team or the other, just like, you know, I, I mean, it's the same, at least it's not like one has to buy like the NFL one, one doesn't. And sometimes you think the buy is better. Sometimes it's worse, but it, it can affect, I mean, never mind the, the two weeks. I mean, you're talking about, you know, one game in six weeks, right? Right. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's nuts. Um, that, that, that said, what <laughs> it's, it's, Maybe health-wise, it is the way to do it. Maybe you should only be playing. Well, uh, well when, it be, when the BCS in the, in the game of modern football. Yeah, I mean, it, the, all the, when the BCS was in, they had a month off because you yeah. didn't. And I, they had three weeks off before the semifinals. But it was still done. I mean, when you had the BCS, it was still done by the fifth or, or the sixth. I mean, but but that's not what you're talking about. You talked about the time off. They had a month off. I remember Bobby Bowden saying once, like, we haven't played in 33 days. So this yeah, is 13 yeah. days. I mean, I don't – it's like you had to buy during the college football season. And when they go to eight teams, how they're going to do that, I have no idea. They'll have – you know. Then they'll have to start earlier. Yeah. I, what I would like to see is all those crummy bowl games that nobody – for the most part, nobody cares about. Have them all done before you play the first semifinal and then yeah. have the final the week later. Agreed. Agreed. Mike, also, when you look at it, um, you know – Obviously, a lot of attention on LSU because of Joe Burrow. Uh, a lot of attention because it's a home game for them. 
Dab, this is playing right in the Dabo Sweeney's wheelhouse, though. He loves the the underdog role, and he has a quarterback who's oh, by the way, never lost a game. I mean, this is uh, this is yeah, what makes I mean, him dangerous tonight. I, I mean, I think it should be a, again a great game. So, I, would I be shocked if either you know if either won by fourteen points? No, if you get, they got a little momentum, and then the momentum could swing one way and then the other. I, I mean, I'm not sure the psychological factors will be as important as. You know, LSU has a really fast football team on both sides of the ball. Right. Uh, so, so we'll see if if this this will take one of those great Clemson efforts, and we've seen great Clemson efforts in you know on these biggest stages. So I don't think they'll be overwhelmed, but it's going to take all that to beat LSU. But they can't fall behind sixteen nothing like they did against Ohio State. And I knew there was a couple controversial calls, but it look I've no. seen I saw LSU. Play, well, I didn't go to the Alabama game for whatever reason, but I saw them win two national championships in that building. Um, so obviously yeah. they have, they do have an advantage. There's no, but they they had no advantage when Alabama went in and beat them twenty one nothing. So I I don't know who's going to win the night. Like I said, I would take Clemson in the points because I just think I'm getting a team that hasn't lost in two years and getting five and a half points. But exactly. Clemson just to me, Kevin just alluded to it. And it might not mean anything because LSU might just be too good. Yep. But they have this chip on their shoulder. It's like this. The worst thing you can do is have like Alabama with a chip on its shoulder. You know, like you're not respecting us or whatever. And that may not mean anything once they get on the field. But boy, they've done it. They've been there. And you get the first round, the first draft pick in this year's draft playing the first draft pick in next year's draft. So right. I, I just think right. I just hope it's a great game. That's all I hope for. Yep. 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 Agreed. 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 Mike, when um, let's switch to college basketball here for a second. Um, I want to start with actually Temple and Penn, who I thought coming into the new year both had decent chances of maybe getting out of their conferences or get you know. And, and I know it's early and everything, but boy, what a disastrous start for both of them to the new year. I mean, Temple losing at home on Saturday to Tulsa. Uh, you know, Penn has lost two to Princeton, and it's not exactly a vintage Princeton Temple's team. lost three in a row, and one was by 30 points. Yeah. What's going on with these two? Yeah, well, nothing's going on. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I was just doing the same stats because doing, you know, weekly observations column, and I want to go back and see the last time the Big Five has collectively started so poorly w- losing home games in conference play. Uh, you know, I mean, that's the big thing. So you take Villanova out of it and they're, cause they're, they're two and O at home. They're, they're, they're fine. Yeah. They, they lost one of the two road games at, at Marquette squeaked out the Creighton one, you know, good gritty win. So, so taking Villanova completely out of the equation, as you did, I, I, I was with you that, okay, Temple, you know, the Temple that we saw you know, beating USC, you know, first, you know, they were doing it with defense because they weren't they, their team, period. Uh, but, you know, when they lost the home game to Missouri, which beat at Missouri last year, those kinds of things are important. All of a sudden you're saying, well, you know, okay, so maybe this isn't a tournament team this year. Uh, and right. then, you know, they go to Tulsa, they get blitzed. Uh, they lose to a close one to Houston. Okay, Houston's a very, very good team, and Houston can sort of manhandle you, and they did. The Tulane game. I was there Saturday. Well, if if Tulane is the is a better team than you are, then you're just not a tournament team. You know, you're just this is, you know, they're going to have to turn turn around quickly, and it's not easy because everyone's figured out. Let's zone these guys, 
and you don't have a shin shiz alston taking care of things uh in, in in tough possessions so you're trying to play fast but you're not playing always that smart i don't you know it's just it's just not there for temple and I'm with you that the biggest shock to me is Penn because because Penn looks going, lifeless. I mean, there are times when Penn looks like they're just sleepwalking, and and that wasn't true in December at all. It wasn't true in the Big Five games. I don't think they started coming. I remember seeing Steve Donahue before the Penn State Iowa game at the Plaster. They were playing the first Princeton game that night, talking to him, and got no sense that he thought anything had been. You know, practices were fine, so they were felt like they were ready to roll. And I stayed for that game. I wrote about the Penn State Iowa game, but I stayed for Penn Princeton. And like you said, it just wasn't there. Uh, it wasn't. You know, Princeton was getting to the to the hole and scoring inside. And you know, when jump shots weren't falling and Broder was having a tough night, all of a sudden Penn just looked just completely ordinary. So that's what we're talking about. Uh, you know, past Villanova, you're talking about teams that, you know. Ordinary might be a kind word for for what we've got going uh, locally. Mike, have you had a chance to talk to Aaron much? I mean, I know you try to get around to all the teams. Um, and, like, what his thoughts are. Because I'm not sure coming into the season, if you'd ask most people, I think they would have told you, no, probably not a tournament team, but maybe a chance to be a tournament team. And that's looking like an IT team, probably. Well, I, I still think they could be that, but I'm, I'm talking one tournament. I No, I know. The NCAA. But – and then that's looking like doubtful now. Um, but I, I'm just wondering what his sense of all this is in his first season. Yeah. And, and I have not sat down with Aaron and had that conversation with him, but I, I've gotten to games, Clint Saturday post game. Aaron is very, is very honest, you know, in a, even in a press conference setting and on honest on a sort of thoughtful level of what he's thinking. And, you know, Obviously, he's not happy with things right now uh, in any way, shape, or form. He's not happy with the way the offense is performing. Uh, you know, he feels like they're getting okay shots. Um, so it, it is a frustrating experience for him right now. And personally, my expectations, you know, I didn't know if they'd be a, a tournament team or not. But when they were picked seventh in the AEC, I'm like, Temple doesn't come in seventh in the AEC. Yeah, we texted well, each other, right? We both said, we'll, yeah, we'll take like, the over like, on that bet. Yeah, well, right now you take the under. I know. Um, so, and and it's, again, it can, it can swing back around because they they were they were playing you know pretty good pretty good ball early. Uh, so we'll see. I, I think this is one of these teams that probably plays a little bit more on emotion than Aaron wants them to play because that was not his style. Obviously, he comes from the Cheney school. It was not his style of what he wanted his players to play like. Uh, and, and I think those guys they, they when they get a little juiced up. They're, they're good when things are going good, but things are not going good. And you can just see the frustration that they're playing. You can see guys like Nate Pierre-Louis, um, you know, just obviously the guy cares so much as a player, but his frustration level seems just really, really high. Mike Jensen from the Inquirer joins us talking all college basketball here. Mike, uh, let's get to Villanova. I mean, they're, they're not real. I mean, the Big East could send eight, nine teams to the tournament this year. I mean, they are deep. Yeah, uh, there's no bottom to the Big East, correct. Right. Does that help them when they get to the tournament? Maybe maybe because in a sense of they, they're going to be battle-tested by the time they get to March, especially with this young core that they have. 
Yeah, I mean, in some senses, sure, absolutely. They're not. They're going to have seen enough things between their their non-conference and and the conference schedule. But then the tournament comes all about matchups, and right. and there are some matchups that can be just more difficult for this particular Villanova team than than others. This this Villanova team is not a team that that you know takes passing lanes away from you. And and I've I've written about this about how you know. The, the the championship teams either Josh Hart or Mikhail Bridges or both you know grabbing steals going the other way that's not this team exactly this team plays good team defense they play great team offense the ball really moves mm-hmm. including because because everyone understands it including the freshmen I mean Robinson Earl and Justin Moore are very unselfish players in addition to being set talented players so so I think. You know, you know, yeah, they're going to they're going to be tested and they're going to be a team that nobody wants to play in the tournament. Uh, You know, Bob Ford just wrote a good columns online now about how, you know, can they get up to speed to really be a deep tournament team? You know, that's rushing the process almost a little bit with with this young team. It's it's counting on a lot out of, you know, Gillespie, Bay, Samuels to to, you know, take them through in addition to this, you know, the, the, the talented freshmen who frankly are, are, are living up to ex- expectations. I will say Gillespie has been much better than I thought he would be this year, kind of transitioning into, I, I, I hate using the analogy of the Archidiakono role, but he's a little more of the, the leadership guy on the floor than he was in the past. I, I, I think people had him miscast thinking that he wasn't a point guard he is every bit a point guard uh so and phil booth had the ball in his hands which you know that was the way they were going to be good last year so colin's role was just a little off Mm -hmm. i mean so now he's got the role that he had at archbishop wood where he was the catholic league mvp where everybody in the league seemed to have 20 division one players and he was the catholic league mvp so i mean he's he is that guy he is the guy you want to have the ball in your hands and he, he, so is he, you know, I, I, I don't use the RG Diacono comparison at all. It almost feels, it almost feels too easy to, to use it because yeah, the same area. Yeah. And, and it was, it was going to be a, a work in progress. Ryan probably came in a little with a little bit higher floor. Uh, and I always thought the, the, the floor ceiling was sort of nardy to Archie. Archidiakono right. for, for Gillespie. Well, that's pretty good because because Mike Nardi was you know a heck of a um, college player and and a, and a European pro. So that's that's no slam if that's your range. And he's and he's living up to it. He's in that you know he, he's in that group. Right. Um, so he's he he's fine. I think people just you know they got caught up in Quinterly's five stars and you know in the meantime you would hear Gillespie would be you know in practice it wasn't close so so who got the playing time you know and now that's now it's period you know it's Gillespie at the point he's playing Justin Moore's been a revelation the you know Antoine coming off of shoulder surgery is the is the guy who's having to take a step back he was supposed to be you know a five star guy and it's tough when you haven't played in a year to, to come through, through there. And that will be interesting to see if he gets assimilated into rotation minutes and can be an X factor guy for them. Uh, you know, cause every, every extra X factor is to me almost makes you a, you know, an elite eight 
expectation team as opposed to a sweet 16 expectation team. And then, you know, certainly it's easy to say this is a team that's a year away from being full potential, assuming everybody comes back and and maybe that's the case, but they're not, they're not bad this year. Mike, two things. One is, and you touched on Bob, I've been bringing up Bob a lot on this podcast and for all the right reasons, but the, the quote in there that was really to me, and I think we always felt this was Jay said, one of our faults as a staff is we just don't trust the young kids, you know, until they show us that we should trust them. Um, and the other is, I really think even though they don't think this way, and it may not be totally true, I think they're kind of playing with house money because next year they should be really, really good. This year they could be really good, but if for some reason they fall a little short, I don't think it's like the end of the world. Yeah, and and when Jay says that's a fault... I mean, let's let's be real. It's a strength. Uh, you know, guys, guys have to earn the time they get, uh, whether it's Mikhail Bridges, Josh Hart, you know, Dante. They, they've always been able to have a guy come off the bench. You know, they've grown. Josh Hart, you know, didn't show up as an NBA player. Mm-hmm. I had an NBA scout tell me that he told Jay, it's like, Jay, that kid's like a six, five center. He can't play. And, <laughs> and Jay told the scout, he'll be fine. It's Josh Hart. You know, his first team All-American, you know, so, so that's a strength of Villanova that they're they're able to do that. The question is who buys in. Right. Um, so like Antoine, if he I say, you know, there can be two doors for him. There's a Quinterly door. And I'm not blaming Quinterly for for going through that other door because, you know, he could have a great career at Alabama. He was he was a miscast player in the Villanova system. Okay. Go to someplace where you can just go, go, go. That's fine. He wasn't a shooter and his defense was issues. So go somewhere else. He went through that door. Then there's that Mikhail Bridges door. Okay. I'm going to redshirt, you know, I'm going to be the backup guy coming off the bench. I mean, he was immediately a factor uh, bridges. He was bridges was more a factor the first year he played than, than Antoine is right now. But point being that for for Antoine, you can see that, you know, if, if you can, if you can wait your turn, you know, you, you learn some things and those things uh, are what you need to be a pro. Um, so that'll be an interesting one to watch. Is this the best culture? Um, you know, it's, I heard, I heard Seth Davis say this the other day, that Villanova's culture is what makes them good. Um, that normal player, you know, normal players rise to the level and everything. Is that, is it just that simple? You put somebody in and, Kind of the tide, right? Yeah, raises. Would have been better if Seth hadn't said it. That's okay. Well, I mean, I mean, I I don't want to take that out with Mr. Davis, please. (laughs) Yeah, I I, yeah. That's next week's show. Yeah, Seth Seth has just come Uh, on next Monday. I'm joshing, pretty much. But I mean, let's not underplay the talent. I mean, you know, Georgetown wanted the guys that came to Villanova uh, from DC, Mm -hmm. the current and X. Uh, you know, these are, and the, these guys are playing in the NBA. It's, you know, you can have the best culture in the world to be a CYO team. They had four first uh, round picks two years ago. <laughs> I mean, you they, know, they so, had so, talent. So, so, but that's, but I don't want to dismiss the culture. Oh, no. Either. No, yeah. Absolutely yeah, absolutely. Not. When, but I mean, so you don't win two national championships three years w- without that. And you can see that they're now getting players who buy in Robinson Earl isn't coming in acting like he's Mr. All world. I'm too good to work. He, he, he picked Villanova for a reason and, and you can see they're pretty good reasons. Um, so, so I don't, I'm, I'm not discounting the, the culture side of it all. I mean, temple football had a good culture 
when when they got good with with when Matt Rule and all those guys are are, are pros. Right. I mean, you know, the Duke culture was different. Now it's got to be something different with one year guys. I think that's the the, the big advantage is they've they've been able to have this this culture that older guys can can just feed it to 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 the younger guys. And, and it's nice though, when you have the culture and the talent, junior. right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, I, and which came first? Like I don't I don't know. I think the culture came first. I, I would I would yeah, yeah. I, I th- but yeah. Jay did have a lot of talent even back with Nardi's teams and yeah. Lowry, Nardi. But, but think to the beginning yeah. of the last. And the culture was there for that too. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. But yeah. think but think back to the 20 loss season he had and everything. And he was. 19. Oh, the 19 they loss season. Lost 19. Yeah. <laughs> but they the, go into the CBI, they would have lost 20. <laughs> and, they, and you <laughs> talked them out. Yeah, we tried. <laughs> but, but, but the idea of. They, that he didn't like the people he was necessarily bringing in at that point. He went out and recruited different kind of players. Yep. Because they couldn't get past the, the bigger teams. And then he decided to go back to what he did best, yeah. which is coach a bunch of perimeter players. Again, and they're really good. Yeah, and, and even the perimeter players, not naming everybody's name, but, I mean, if you're not playing just knockdown, drag out defense, not that everyone – I think Blake Wayne's played defense. I'm not talking about yeah. Blake yeah. Wayne's, but um, – but, you know, other guys were just not quite tough enough for and that. They had pedigree. Um, but I think, you know, they went back and really doubled down on their, their recruiting efforts and, and it, and it has, has really paid off. And, and then, and, and now they've had guys who I, I can remember Daryl Reynolds saying, I think it was Reynolds. I don't think it was a Chepo. I think it was Reynolds who said when Eric Pascal showed up, like the first time he played in a pickup game, he's like diving for loose balls. He's like, Oh yeah, he's one of us. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they've, they've, they've been able to in, in, incorporate all that. So it's nothing but good. for you them. Know, And Mike, you know, the thing that goes, I think a little bit unsaid is you got to be able to put up with Jay. And yeah, we sure. see, we see Jay and he's great with us. You know, he's getting a good guy award next week. I'm introducing him. He's awesome. But those guys, he can wear on you. And I know some guys, and you know some guys, and Kevin knows some guys, yep. that couldn't handle it, even though they had great careers. They had great careers there. They did, but they were never like... Um, they wore down. They wore them. down a little bit, yeah. And that's well, just the way Jay is. And that's what makes them winners. That's I, I would say one of them hit the most famous shot in Villanova history. Scotty. I'm oh, talking... No, Scotty yeah. Reynolds was one of those well, guys. I was saying Chris. I, I Chris think Jenkins. Too. Yeah, yeah. But Scotty Reynolds, yeah. he had worn down by the time yeah. he was done. Sure, and we saw that with Cheney and Temple, and mm-hmm. it's interesting when, when Billy Lang. I was actually I called Billy when he was still with the Sixers, talking to him about Speedy. I was writing about Speedy's coaching tree, and Billy's on his coaching tree, mm-hmm. and we and we just got talking about Jay, and he goes, "Jay is way closer to Cheney than anyone realizes in terms of." I didn't realize we that until you just said it. Well, well, we were sort of talking about like here are the five things you have to know to be a pro, you know, we're talking about footwork, um, mm-hmm. you know, not fancy things. And, 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 and you're going to get sick of me hearing about it every day for four years, but that's what we're going to drill. Right. And I'm, you know, so he wasn't talking about language or something, anything like that, but not that, you know, Jay's got a full vocabulary. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, they, they all, all do, do Michael, well, Mike, <laughs> yeah, I, th- th- do, right? Mike, I right. think some people would be stunned that, you know, if you ever sat behind a John Cheney bench, yeah, it was colorful. If you sat behind a Fran Dunphy bench, it didn't change much, did it? No, no, no. He would Might have been more uh, colorful. Yeah, yeah. No, I can remember watching a game where he, uh, uh, 
Fran had taken the Temple job, and they were at Xavier. I was watching on television, and I noticed Fran's mother was right behind the bench, and it was a timeout, and Fran had called the timeout so you can guess the circumstances. Right. So I can remember looking at his mother, and she was like, her eyes were just up in the ceiling. She was just looking up there, and I was like, yeah, this is a good conversation for mom <laughs> to, to, to listen to. You know? and so, so, no, that that part. But back to Jay, yeah, you're, you're exactly, Mike's, Mike's right. Everyone, you know, you can see you know, that, you know, and, it, and it's not being, he's not being fake away from the, the court. He's being, he's being real, um, you know, you know, political skills and all the rest. That's, yep. that's, that's real. That's, that's Jay, but no, he, and he doesn't claim to be easy on his players. And I think w- one of the comparisons with Cheney, I just remembered covering Pepe Sanchez and Rashid Brokenborough and those guys, you know, I remember Pepe actually said to me for a story that any time, you know, you thought, you know, you'd sort of, OK, you got it and you could get a little comfortable. Cheney made sure you got uncomfortable. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, on purpose. That's yeah. what the, that does not make it you know. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's an inside story to uh, explain to you off the air. <laughs> the, uh, fi- finally, I guess we might as well hit the other two big five teams. Um, oh, we. Yeah. Right. Sure, Mike's the big five writer. Okay. LaSalle. And the Drexels. I mean, yeah. if you want, we can get... Well, oh, okay. La- LaSalle. They beat Delaware. They beat Delaware. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, LaSalle. What, what, what are you saying? Ashley's team has taken its hits the last couple couple weeks, though. Yeah, I mean, so their work in progress is... After got, a promising start, we should point out. Nine and three at one yeah, point. Yeah, and they can play some D. They didn't play D the last time I was in their building against Dayton. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you were there. Yeah, that was you not correct. question, Kevin, uh, to Ashley. Were they taking ag- advantage of your aggressiveness on defense? He said, we didn't play any defense. Uh-huh. You know, you know, Ashley's not trying to sugarcoat things either. I think two young freshman point guards, one of them, didn't, the taller one, didn't play that night, which really put them in a hole. Kenny had an ankle injury. Um, and, and so I think they're young. They don't have a go-to guy. So they can play aggressive perimeter defense. Uh, and and they have a couple of guys who are not bad inside at all, but it's 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 still a tough slog every night. So I think they're sort of who we thought they were going to be. They're not supposed to be an A10 contender this year. They were eight and ten, I believe, in the league last year. So that'll be interesting to see, sort of as a barometer. Is that my guess is that's probably about the same number they'll be this year, but just in a different way, a little bit more of. Ashley's guys coming in and, you know, and, and it doesn't mean lack of progress if it's the same a 10 record. And finally St. Joe's, which right now, you know, light a, light a candle for Billy at this point. Uh, well, St. Joe, it's funny because I just, I just wrote 700 words on (laughs) one shot. Uh, Ryan Daly took it at, yeah. uh, the, the other day at, at, at Davidson, which is just the craziest. You know, it took me seen. six times of replaying that to see what actually happened. Exactly, and that's exactly that's exactly right. Well, that's pure watch, clickbait watch, material, watch Jensen. Watch What's that? <laughs> that's pure clickbait material, right there, Jensen. <laughs> oh, good. I got to write that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, and I talked to Ryan about it, and uh, he said. He was at Delisandro's yesterday, and the guy in front of him was talking about it. He didn't even know Ryan Daly was right behind him. He was talking about the play. It's funny. Uh, and if you watch it a seventh time, Mike, you can see Billy Lang actually going up to shake hands. It, like he, it looked, it looked for him. Everyone, like I, I used the word optical illusion in my lead. I mean, that's what 
that play sort of was. It was a um, it was a fun one. So they, you know, St. Joe's. Everyone knew they were going to be undermanned. I predicted they would win five conference games. You know, they they haven't gotten to one yet. Um, so you know, the under is looking better on that one. But on the other hand, they have seems like every other game they have what you know nobody wants to call a moral victory. You know, right. they, that Davidson game got the, that play got them into overtime. And they lost in overtime. And they played uh, better Davidson. against. And they played better against Dayton than LaSalle did. Uh, much better, much yep. better. So, so you know, when when things just can sort of click a little bit, they're they're closer. And but you know, everyone knew what this year was going to be, and they've gotten you know three, six, um, five or taller wing players, athletic sitting out, either transferring. They just got Demir Bishop. Uh, Imhotep Charter star mm-hmm. transferred after one semester at Xavier decided it wasn't working. He wanted to come home. He's coming home. Uh, nice pickup for, for, for St. Joe's for sure. Cause he'll, he'll fit into what, what Billy wants to do. Greg Foster Jr. His father played in the pros. Billy Lang knew his father transferred from Gonzaga, Jordan Hall's uh, Newman Goretti wing player. So they're going to have more of those guys. They'll have reinforcements coming is what I'm saying. Right. So this year you just sort of, you know, you know, are they, are they going to be completely over a cliff? Well, they're not completely, you know, with Ryan, you know, if Ryan can't play, they might be completely over a cliff. Mike, but, if we were having this conversation two years from now, and I know this is a hard thing because you, a lot of things can happen at that time. Where, where do you think LaSalle and St. Joe, will they be relevant? Like, it, because it seems like LaSalle, other than the, the Southwest Philly floater, has been irrelevant forever. Um, St. Joe won Two eight ten titles not that long ago that we were covering, but went to the tournament in sixteen and almost went almost to the Sweet Sixteen. But I mean, do you think two years from now, where and I guess I could ask you the same thing about Temple, but Temple's been, I guess, more relevant. But do you think that those teams can be at least where you're not talking about them going going over a cliff or or not being able to move up in the A ten hierarchy? Well, I mean, c- certainly that's what you know. That, that's why they made the moves they made and they're all, all those schools are looking to do that. So can they, yeah, yeah, sure. Are, are they, uh, you know, putting their best foot forward to try to do that? Sure. They are. I had an interesting conversation with along those lines with, with Don DeGiulia. I think he had, he had announced his retirement was, was still there. So what was this two years ago, maybe. Right. And he, he made the point that, you know, and he was really talking about sort of the Atlantic 10 level schools. He said, we might be chasing something that just isn't there in terms of, you know, here they're, they're, ch- they're chasing at large business, what he's talking about. He, and he made the point that at a point, I think that the field had been selected at that point. And he said, you know, look at the first four teams out in that year. You know, you were talking about UCLA, Indiana, Notre Dame. And here every school in the A-10 hoping that if you don't win the Atlantic 10 tournament, you know, you got to beat out UCLA for a bit. It's, 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 it's a tough quandary for, for, you know, the mid majors as the power five has, has pushed itself away. And the big East has been able to be a power six for, for sports. And I'm not saying, you know, the AEC is a very strong league, but, and Atlantic 10 has always been a, a, a basketball league and still has, you know, Dayton VCU. It, it is a basketball league, uh, but it's, it's it's tough it's tough so you know that's but that's these guys are getting paid a good amount of money to Mm -hmm. go get it and i think uh, billy lang for instance is is very he knows 
he needs to get players that are good enough to play in the Big East for him to succeed at St. Joe's. He's under no illusions. And he's not so he he's not trying to say that, oh, we can't get that that guy. We can't get that guy who's a star freshman. He's he's like, we gotta go after that guy. And and you know, not that you're gonna get all those guys, but um, he knows which guys can turn his program. And, and St. Joe's probably has a better chance of getting those type of guys than LaSalle, I'm guessing. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, the, St. Joe's has more guys in the pros. So I guess you can look at it that way. I mean, the, the best I'm doing the all transfer home team in honor of Demir Bishop coming back. Uh, and, you know, the, it won't surprise you that the the first team all transfer home in the last 30 years has three LaSalle guys on the team, um, plus a plus a Temple guy, plus a Penn guy um, on, the, on the first team all mm-hmm. transfer back home team. So, you know, LaSalle's obviously made, you know, a really good living on saying, hey, you, you know, you, you like those bells and whistles in the Power Five, but you want playing time and and. And that's what we've got to offer you. And we'll see, you know, they've got one of those guys sitting out this year, Clifton Moore right. from Hatboro Orsham was out at Indiana, wasn't getting playing time. So he'll, he'll join the party next year at LaSalle. So, and, and, yeah. we sh- and we should point out one of the difficulties for the A-10 too. I mean, you know, you talked about the Big East as being the sixth. You got the American that's the seventh, who is a multi-bid league. I mean, you know, the, 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 the bids fig, uh, fade quickly. And, you know, even this year when you're talking about a, you're talking about an ACC that's that's weaker that may still get five or six. But isn't that always the well, argument? Do you want the seventh best team from you know, big big eight for, or the fourth best team from the A10? And usually the big power conferences usually win yeah, out because yeah. that's they've played better teams you know, for whatever because because of their conference. Yeah. It, it might I thought Mike put it perfectly. It's yeah. a, you're you're almost paddling uphill. Yep, it's really hard. Mike Jensen, no guy. I'll just say if they've had a good December, those power conferences, then they're all fine. Then, then in those conferences, you can afford to go, you know, 10 and eight, right. You know, nine and nine, whatever it is. And, and still get in. If you've had a good December, they all lift each other up when the a 10, you know, or, or, or the colonial or, you know, or even, even the West coast conference, you know, if past Gonzaga, you've got to have already established yourself preseason. You just can't have hiccups out of league or in league. It's, it's such a tough hill to climb. Mike Jensen from the inquire joining us, Mike. Thanks a lot before you let him go. Go just to clarify your favorite Jack in the box. Mike Kern story is still Boise or is there one that I'm forgetting? No, I, I mean, you you waking up at you know four o'clock in the morning to go get tacos at Houston the final four taking hey, that was know, good taking a streetcar down down there or no I didn't go down at four in the morning I'm stupid yeah, but yeah, I ain't no, in, I'm totally insane that, that part of it but it was <laughs> I think it was before I got up uh, so it was daylight uh, but that was good yeah no Boise so we're, we go with Temple's playing West Virginia in Boise like the first game of the NCAA tournament that year we come in. You know, two nights before Mike and Bill Line and I, and on the way, did we? Did you just pass it, or did you know? Had you? I didn't know. Up? No, I don't think I knew. So I think we, we passed just passed it. it. So, it's like, so of course, there is passing is the wrong word. And I was Mike sick. Does not pass a jack in the box. Yeah. So he just and Bill Line had never been to a jack in the box, as you yeah, might have so, supposed. So he, by the end of that night, he had been to a jack in the box. Uh, so, so we 
we get our full orders. And I'm not against, I'm not an anti-Jack and Box person. <laughs> right. I, I, uh, I, I've had ultimate cheeseburgers ultimate from cheeseburger. there and, and, and I'm a, I'm a taco lover myself, so it's all good. So we get there. And then the next day though, we're at the hotel, which is probably five minutes from the Jack in the box. And Mike goes back to the front desk guy and he says, you know, where was that Jack in the box? And then, and the guy was pretty insistent that there's no Jack in the box in Boise, Idaho. And they're just, no, no, I'm sorry, you're mistaken. And so, and this guy was very sort of officious. He were pretty sure that he got the first yo pal in his <laughs> life in Boise. And I don't think he's had one since. And we're not sure he's ever recovered from that. Yeah. No, I don't blame yo him. pal by Mike Kerr, yeah, yeah, explaining. Yeah. And by the way, we got back to the Jack in the box. I, I, I Absolutely. That's okay, Mike. I'm I'm driving. I'm going to Charlotte for a wedding in a few weeks. Um, um, <laughs> There's I'm, lots of J- Jacks in Charlotte. Yeah, I'm actually telling my wife before we leave town. I'm driving home before we leave town. I'm picking him up t- tacos and bringing him back. We're, we're thinking hours. about it. We're thinking about you see, it. You see, see that that's what's happening. You've infected other people. You know, yeah. your, your mad yeah. schemes have infected. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not getting. Like, I'm not getting it for myself. No, he's I'm getting, getting it for, for him to bring him home. No, I, that's what I mean. I'm talking yeah. about Kern. That yeah. is, his schemes have infected other people that, that he's yeah. got to tell you what, draw them in. I really had to get over Joe Giuliano. That, see, that would have been a classic. If on the way to the airport after the, the Villanova won the championship at 5 in the morning or whatever time it was, if Joe had allowed my cab driver to pull into the drive-thru <laughs> and we were like two hours early for our flight. And I, yeah. it took me a little bit to forgive him for that. Yeah, I hear you. All right, Mike. Be good. Be, be good, man. We'll talk to you Thanks closer to the guy. tournament. Yep. My Mike Jensen from the Inquirer joining us here. Um, he's got as good a handle. I used to think Dick Gerard, Dick, nobody to me did college basketball better. Right. Mike has as good a handle on what's going on in the hoops right. as anyone. All right. So let's get to the second story, which is uh, let's talk NFL playoffs. Um, you know, obviously the biggest story of the weekend is the, the Ravens just imploding. On Saturday night, again, you go. We go back to, you know, when I we got that thing a, couple, a week or so ago about you know what's a good team. The Titans, you, you get a lot of good teams in the playoffs. Now, what's going to happen in the playoffs? I mean, the Texans have won four or five divisions. There's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the only way Tennessee could win was to the way they did to get ahead, to run Derrick Henry fifty times. Not, but I didn't expect them to hold Baltimore to twelve points. That was the surprising part. I thought the final could be like 28-24, something along those. That surprised me. And and now what's going to happen is, and look, Jackson's in his second year. They'll probably be good next year, but will they they be the one seed? I don't know if they're going to be the one seed or not. Kansas City looks pretty good. I'm sure another team. So did you waste this this opportunity? And I thought Kansas City was going to win next week anyway. But see, see, I think what you saw, look, the two NFC games, you know, one, the, the Seattle Green Bay game was just outstanding. I mean, both both Wilson and, and, and but as you thought it probably would be. Yeah, it was. And, you know, that just happened and a team lost. And, and, you know, you look at Minnesota and Minnesota was outgunned by San Francisco. And San Francisco's probably defense, not, Minnesota's not, not on the, the same level. Minnesota's one of those teams that I'll give you this. Like, they're a good team that just doesn't quite. Like the year that the Eagles beat them, maybe if that game's in Minnesota, that's I, different. Who knows? Maybe not. Maybe the Eagles would have beat them. But they Minnesota also, just seems like they're, and the Texans seem like that team to me. Like they're, well, they're, they're, but you know, and, and this is going to get to my point. I thought in in the case of Baltimore and Houston, 
I thought that some of their decisions were really curious. I, I think, for example, I, I get that Baltimore has been good on fourth down most of the year, but the fourth down calls that they made on, on Saturday night were curious. And like, for example, having Lamar kind of run to the right and then come back to the left like a double back. But that's Lamar. But and how many I, times has Lamar did that this year where he's broken off a 20-yard run? I mean, I agree with you, but I'm just saying that's you're going to ride him for as far as you can ride him. Having him throw 59 times too. Well, when not. you're down when you're down 20 something to nothing and Ingram's hurt, what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, the Ingram know, injury is is a factor. I don't think we all no, I think the fact us. there was Derrick Henry running for like a buck seventy five or whatever. I mean, he's been in these two games, and he was this during the year kind of under the radar. Like nobody yeah. really talked much about Derrick. He's been like phenomenal. No, and you're absolutely right. But I'm saying from Baltimore's offensive perspective, right. Ingram not being healthy and it allows teams to kind of no, and allowed teams to kind of go back on on Lamar and you know, okay, maybe spy him a little bit. Maybe do some things defensively. Drop back in his zone. Jack, uh, young quarterbacks have trouble with zone sometimes, like that. Well, look, all the pressure when you're the home team and in the playoffs, Baltimore had some incredible drops in that game. Yeah, yeah. And so did Kansas City so at the start of the game. Right. Um, when you're the home team in the playoffs, I think uh, was it Romo made this observation. It was pretty good. All the pressure's on you. Early. You're Kansas City. You're a ten point favorite. Andy Reid's got a losing playoff record, a losing record at home in the playoffs. Yeah, they were they blew one a twenty eight point lead a few years ago to the to the Colts. They were one and eight in their last nine home games right. going into the yesterday. And Andy, you know, for all this talk, I, I understand Andy's going to go to Hall of Fame. He did, did whatever. He's like the sixth most whatever. But Andy does have a gap in his resume. Yeah, and I don't mean just winning the Super Bowl. I'm talking about just all a lot of home losses in the playoffs that weren't good losses. So now you're down twenty four nothing, but. He got the advantage Baltimore never got because he kept getting the ball back real quick. They scored real quick. You know, Tennessee, when, when, when Baltimore would give them the ball back, Tennessee would keep the ball for five or six minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I give Vrabel a lot of credit. Think about this. The four coaches you got left, one's been around forever. Two are second-year coaches, and one's a first-year coach. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I don't think you usually find that because Belichick's usually always there. And, right. You know, but, I mean, the Chiefs, like, I – Look, the, the, what the Titans are doing right now, you have to say they have a, a chance. But I, if the Chiefs are, to me, have to get to the Super Bowl, what they do in the Super Bowl, if they play Green Bay, play San Francisco, hey, whatever, you could lose that game. But to me, you you have to. I mean, you have to get to the Super Bowl because you're playing. And they didn't last year. They scored 30-some points and didn't. Um, and you would think that the problem I think the Titans will have this week is it's kind of like Bill O'Brien alluded to yesterday. Well, I don't think he should have alluded to it the way he said it. Like we had to score fifty, but it, it, can you? I mean, I can't see the Titans holding them much below like twenty-one. Yeah. No, no. I mean, and it, I mean, I think they could hold them to maybe twenty-four in there. The one thing that, that they're not going to hold them to twelve. I don't think. No, the one thing that they can do is the idea that they can. They get short in the game because they'll run the football and, and run the football effectively and keep. If they the, can, well, but if they run the football yeah. effectively, they shorten the game. Yeah, and you want to short the, game, yeah, and keep oh. the, and keep the possessions down. Maybe maybe Kansas City only has it seven or eight times. You want the ball out of Mahomes' hands uh-huh. as much as you can. But the, the thing is, if I'm Kansas City and I'm playing this game, if I have to put eight guys in the box, 
I am stopping. This is like a Bill Belichick game. I'm going to stop him, make Ryan Tannehill beat me. I'm not saying Ryan can't, but he hasn't thrown for 100 yards in either game because he didn't have to. But if I'm the Chiefs, I'm saying, you know what? Okay, Ryan, you're going to have to throw for 250, 300. And if you don't, you're probably not going to win. Bill O'Brien, um, you know, it's curious. It, it almost feels like that organization, even though they get to the second round this year again, and they've gone a couple times now. Boy, some of the decisions in that game, it almost feels like such a stagnant, stagnant group at this point. You know what I mean? It, it, even with the Sean Watson, it feels like, you know, they are. They're it, not as good as the two or three teams in the AFC that are better than them. I mean, if, if you're in a, in a, in a 15-team conference, if you're the fourth or fifth best team, that's what you are. I don't know, you know, what I'm going to read into that, except they're not the Chiefs, they're not the Patriots, um, and, you know, throw another team in. I don't know, like, who's been good lately in the AFC? You know, uh, Pittsburgh maybe, or a couple years. I'm just saying, that's, that's Houston. They've won the division four out of five years. That's do a you, lot of teams would you take kill that. O'Brien for those two calls. The one, the one settling for the field goal of twenty-one nothing uh, on a fourth and inches. Well, if he'd went for it on fourth and inches and not made it, what would we say? Okay, uh, no, I would have. The fact that they came out and were going to go for it, right. apparently, and then didn't, was weird to me. Yeah, like okay, so you didn't have the right personnel. Okay, stuff happens, and in a strange way, the dynamic of the game, it's it's awful early to think this way. Okay, but. The field goal still keeps it a three-possession game. I just think if it had been fourth and one or fourth and two, fourth and what they had, and they wanted to go for it. Apparently, their mindset. And I think at that time, you got to keep your foot on the pedal. You got, you know, if you think that, as he said after the game, you know, we thought we had to score 50. Okay, if that's what you think, go for it. And there is, I think, a psychological difference between 28-0 and 24-0. I do, too. Um, but that wasn't the play. I mean, that wasn't right. the play to kill the, them. The, the fake punt. What was that? Well, look, as the guy on who, who was the commentator on that game was Romo. That? Romo. As he said, they waited too long. They put the guy, on, in all fairness, the guy in Kansas City made a great play. He did. Okay. I would not have gone for that. It's fourth and four. Eh, I think it was like fourth and two or three. But okay, fourth and four. Whatever. Uh, where they were on the field. But again, I think it goes back to, and I think maybe he was thinking about that he didn't make it on that fourth and one or he didn't go for it on the fourth and one. Um, I would have punted it there. So I would have done the exact opposite of what they did, although I think they wanted to go for it when it was that fourth and one, whatever. But that wasn't that, – that, that play – there was three plays. The kickoff return, the 50-yard kickoff return, just it, – it lit the fire. It was like, Casey, okay, boom. If that guy had returned to 20 yards and mm-hmm. Casey had been on their own 25 or 20, now they got to go 80 yards. They might have. They might have gone down the field and went 80, but it's different. They scored in two plays. Right. Then you have the fake punt, and then they score like – four plays after that, and then the fumble on the kickoff. And then the game was over. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was no chance that Houston was winning that game, even though they were leading at that point. There was no chance. They had to go into halftime with, like, if they had gone into halftime, like, 24-14, I still think Kansas City would have won, but I would have at least given them a chance. There was no chance. It was, it was over. All right, we'll make our formal picks on Thursday, but right now, what's your gut feeling on these two title games? Well, I mean... You always look at the home team just because. And I said, Kansas City should be able to win that game. Especially it's the second. But we saw Andy lose three in a row. <laughs> so, I mean, right. you know, um, I, I, once again, if the Titans can come in there 
And like you said, shorten the game. Um, if Derrick Henry gets off again, Ryan Tannehill is going to have to throw the ball for more than he has. Um, they have a shot. They have a, they have a puncher's shot. In the NFC, it's interesting because San Fran and Green Bay met, and it was ugly the first time ugly. around. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it, is it the same game? Is it? I mean, it won't be the stat, but I mean, I don't know. Is San Fran San Francisco looked pretty good on Saturday mm-hmm. after not after looking okay for like the last month of the season? I thought Green Bay looked solid last night. They did, but again, it was at Lambeau. Yeah. Um, I, I I I haven't. Look, you have you have a, a great quarterback, an all-time quarterback, who hasn't been to a Super Bowl in ten years or nine years, and you never know. You know, at this stage in his career, oh, he may the, not get the amount, shot. the amount the amount of times get shorter oh, and shorter. Oh yeah, hey, look, they won thirteen games this year. They won as many games as the 49ers. I know their schedule. I don't think was like whatever. Yeah. They won thirteen games. So the difference is that they got clobbered in San Francisco. Um, I, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I think I'm rooting for the pack just because I, I, I like Rogers. I'm kind of like, like a Rogers guy, I'm, but I'm rooting for like, okay. if, if you're, if you're asking me, like I'm 90% certain that the chiefs are going to win 90, 95% in my mind. I was 90% a couple of weeks ago. Right. But it's Andy, but it's, you know, Andy. it's and maybe yeah. that's the only thing. Like, if you want to ask me. You know, a couple of people at work today were like, oh, what do you think of the... I actually kind of have a, a... Nothing more to that gut. I got a feeling Green Bay goes to Frisco once. I just do. I think they could. Um, but I think the 49ers are a pretty good team. They are. Um, and Green Bay is a pretty... Look, they're, they're, he made that one pass yesterday at the end of Devontae. I mean, Devontae made a great route. He, right. he ran it great. But the, And then the play he makes on the third and eight, you know, at the end of the game, where Jimmy makes a great catch. Um, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it has all them. San Francisco, they're, they're, both games are a touchdown game. They're, they're, the, the odds are a touchdown. It, it, they, could, they could both be, I mean, you, you think, if you're, Kansas City should win. That, I mean, they should win. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure San Francisco should be a seven-point favorite, but I understand why they are. Because of what happened last Because of what happened. And I, I, my, on, on Monday, my inkling would be to take Green Bay in the seven, and then the other one, God, I'm, I, what the Titans have done the last two weeks is just like to me is is what was uh, the the number that Rome uh, that Nance mentioned actually yesterday, which was really that what, if what number not not the number but the fact that if Tennessee goes into Ma- to mm-hmm. Kansas City, mm-hmm. they would have not just won three straight road games at New England, mm-hmm. at Baltimore, at Kansas City, which is like the the Trinity, everybody talked about all season. Their last game, they also they would have beat all four division champions in four consecutive road weeks. Yeah, but I don't think Houston played the last week. No, right? I, I get, I, I, yeah, no, but I, I mean, right? I hear they what still saying. had everything to play right. for that week. But as they well. lost in week fifteen. They lost at home to, to by three, I think, to, to New Orleans. No, it was Houston. They oh, played Houston week twice 15, week fifteen. I'm right. sorry. So they could have won. I mean, then they lost. They lost to New Orleans uh, week sixteen, and then they beat Houston. Houston week seventeen. And Houston, I don't think played all their guys or did whatever. No, I mean what Vrabel's done is it. It. it it's if they so they would have beaten three, two, and one, three, one, and two. Right. If they, if they do this, I don't know if that's ever. I mean, the Packers went the one year, but they beat the Eagles. The Eagles were the Eagles three. Were I guess. The, uh, three. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe they did be three two and one. Yeah, three one two. Yeah. I, no, it would have been three two, two no, one. If the Eagles were the three, three, they would have beaten the two. Then in no, the no, game. because it's three range because the lowest seed. Which oh, is the okay, six. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So maybe the so Packers three, one, did two. it, and maybe the Giants did it one year when I think they won as a wild card. Right, one year, maybe two years, maybe the two times they won. But yeah, it, it's just you know, it, it's and and that's why you, you think at some point like reality has to come back. You know, I mean the Chiefs. I mean the Chiefs. Just like the the last two thirds of that game, just look like the, like how the, do you stop this team? Well, the way you stop them is Derrick Henry runs for a buck ninety. Yeah, now, can he do that for a four, and, and for a got, four straight week? And you got a Villanova guy playing Tano. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, look, I, if you're, I have no horse in the race. Ah, yeah, whatever. I'd like to see Andy get one. I mean, I really would. I know there's probably some people that don't. Yeah. Why not? I mean, he he was look. He was here for fifteen years. Most of those years were pretty good yeah. until the end. Um, he seems like a good guy. Um, yeah, I, I tell you what though, man, Mahomes. I hate to say things like this because, but man, he's. I mean, boy, he's got another 10, 12 years of Mahomes. Or yeah. he, Andy won't be there 10, 12 more years. But I mean, somebody's got ten more, twelve years, and the weapons he has. By the way, the nice what do you think Wentz would do with those weapons? That's pretty good. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I mean, I, and then well, Sammy, Sammy Watkins is their number three receiver. Yeah, he's better than... And, and he's better than most our, teams... Most teams, number one. And the funny thing was, even when they were losing... Like, they didn't run the ball much on, on Sunday. No. I think they're going to have to run the ball... A little more. A little more. Um, uh, we'll skip... I'll skip ahead here. Um, let's... Just, before we go, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. Obviously, if you are just listening, uh, the biggest story really in baseball today is the biggest Houston sports. Well, no, the college football college football playoffs tonight. Yeah, uh, the Astros firing uh, their manager AJ Hinch, the general manager Jeff Luno. Uh, well, you got to explain why after yeah. MLB's investigation on their cheating scandal. They were signing. They were stealing signs electronically through video data, banging on a trash can to relay it in 2017 when they won the World Series. MLB suspended both of them for a year. The owner, uh, Jim Crane, comes out and fires both of them after the suspension. They, the Astros, lose two first, uh, a first and a second round pick each of the next two years in the draft. They are fined five million dollars. Other people are suspended. Alex Cora, who is the um, Alex Cora, who is the uh, uh, manager of the Red Sox, who was a bench coach for the Astros at the time, or a coach. He, he the was the one banging the drum. It, it was actually the architect, from the way baseball's reports says today. Um, how big a scandal do you think this ends up being for the sport? I mean, this well, is a big yeah. deal that two highly successful. People, are, future in the game is yeah, but it wasn't very like, much in doubt. Yeah, but it's not like Pete Rose betting on baseball. No. I mean, they cheated and they got caught. I mean, like, I'm a big fan, as I said to you earlier, of stealing signs on the field. I, th- I think right. that's fair game. You know, hey, you know, or, or you, what was the one they were talking about this year, the pitcher who was kind of tipping his pitches? Yeah, that's allowed. Bringing it, but that's, yeah, t- that's all good. All good. This is like... I find it hard to believe that AJ Hinch would say, "Yeah, let's let's do that." Like somebody comes up to AJ Hinch and says, "Okay, this is what we're going to do now. We got this thing." And we I, should point out that the, the word is Hinch didn't approve it. He but he, knew but he didn't it. do anything to stop it. Well, that's the same thing as approving right. it. 
because um, all he had to do was walk into the locker room and look at Alex Cora or look at whoever was responsible. And say, knock it off. Knock it off. Uh, look, it's it's all about everybody wants to win. We'll use the do- NCAA term. Lack of institutional control is what happened here. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I'm a little, like, I maybe I'm, to, so, so I'm, I'm at the plate, I'm batting, and we have this thing in place that somebody in the, in the, uh, in the once for a fastball, two for they, a curve. But then, to me, that they can figure this out so fast. Mm-hmm. I'm in the batter's box, and somebody bangs something, like, and I have like a split second to to rationalize that that it's going to be a fastball. I guess it works. I mean, I'm not, you know, obviously they didn't do it this year because they lost four games at home in the World Series, um, or maybe they just did it badly, right? But I, yeah, I think baseball did the right thing. You step in. And even if it was over the top, what the penalty was, you have to say, this will not be tolerated. And we, we talked about, you know, like the Phillies had this little bit of binocular. But that, to me, that's almost as bad. It's you're, 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 you're doing something off the field to help you on the field. That's wrong. Now, you think Cora is going to get blown up, right? I think Cora could be suspended two years, and I think he could lose his job with the Red Sox. Okay. Uh, and Because the Red Sox also have an investigation, so the Red Sox could be, end up okay. being uh, lumped in with this, too, and this is all about the Red Sox now, 2018 just had, team. We're, and you guys put up with this here. We're, we're kind of watching the MLB Network while we're doing this, but David Freeze had some kind of a comment. Like, take the like, ring away. Yeah, because he's, he's pissed. I mean, I mean, Bellinger came out and said, this sucks. I mean, if I was on the Dodgers... Yeah, because you lost to both those teams. Joe Girardi was the manager of the Yankees when they lost in the uh, LCS. It was a game seven, right? In a game seven. In Houston. In Houston. And ended up getting let go after that because of... Hey, look, he lost to the Astros. I was on one of those teams. You know they're not going to give their rings back. I mean, that's... You're not going to take the rings. It's not the NCAA hollow that. You're not going to get an asterisk. Baseball doesn't want to have an asterisk who won the world. They already have one of those in 19... 94, they don't want another one. Um, Yeah, I, but if I was on those teams, yeah, I, I would feel like I was cheated, for lack of a better word. And, and this also brings up one other point. Um, and you and I have talked about the, this in the past in some ways, okay? Every commissioner has to put his his stamp on the sport during his tenure. You know, Adam Silver, when he comes in and throws Donald Sterling out of the NBA, puts a stamp on it. You know, David Stern, we talked about a couple weeks ago when he passed away and putting a stamp on it and everything. Okay, Blood ceilings. Uh, expand the playoffs. Lots yeah. of money. Yeah. It's not a great stamp. It's a stamp. It's, it's not a stamp. It's Is this Rob Manfred's stamp? I mean, I don't know. He's in his third year, fourth year being a commissioner. I, he might be the commissioner for another 15 years. I, I, I don't get into that. You get into that more than I do, Kevin. I, I'm... I, I don't think a commissioner sits there and goes, well, this is going to well, be... Well, is it a deterrent? How's that? Is it a I, serious no, I think deterrent? What, I think what they did was they came down very... They made a statement. Major mm-hmm. League Baseball made a statement. So if that in that regard, Manfred made a statement. We are not going to tolerate this. And we think this is really, really, really serious. This isn't like, hey, you know, you may have fudged up a little bit. Okay, we're going to find you. that again. We're going to find you $2 million. Don't do that again. We're going to sit... Yeah. A.J. Hinch isn't going to... Manny's the first week of the year. Uh, we're going to take a draft pick. I mean, this was serious. I mean, this is like, this is franchise altering. And if they do it to the Red Sox also, 
Uh, which you it kind of I get. Yeah, I'm, you may want to hold off on making your American League bets. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, but you're hey, talking about two of the best. I mean, to me, this just opens up for the Yankees. Now, look, is Houston going to be good this year? I, I would assume they're still going to be good. They lost and their they pitcher. Lost Cole. They lost Cole to the Yankees. Um, but, but they, they got, did get the game seven of the World Series. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I mean, they got enough good players on their team that you would think. But I, I don't know how. I you know who's the next manager? I. Well, that, that's the other part. We're now talking like under 30 days until spring training. And, uh, and who's the next? I guess the general, the assistant general manager will just actually, move up for a year or something. Well, the, actually, the owner has said he is taking over baseball operations. That's not good. That's not good. That's not good. No. That's I mean, not good. And they've had a lot of their baseball ops So he's going to be the it. GM? Handle contracts and all that kind of stuff? Well, Free agency? I assume okay. with maybe the assistant. I, I, I don't I, think that, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, whatever. But I guess he's going to take more of a hands-on role, which, as we have talked about, owners taking on hands-on roles, uh, not always we, a good idea. And you wonder, too, how are the Houston players going to react to this? Like, we've just seen a situation in golf where um, Patrick Reed um, got called on a, on a violation, um, putting his club in the sand twice, and he tried to explain it, and now people have been calling him cheater. They, they've done it at, like, three tournaments, Brandel Chambly. In fact, supposedly he had, he had a lawyer. cease and desist order for Brandel Chambly. That's a golfer. Uh-huh. What do you think the Astros now are going to have to – and, and I, that may not affect them. I, I have, But, like, when they go to Yankee Stadium, let's say, for the sake of argument, I don't think if they go to Fenway, right. Fenway people are going to be able to say much to them. But you wonder how this will impact the player. I mean, did you win the World Series because you were cheating? I don't have the answer to that, but I'm sure if I'm a Dodger, I mean, look at in this town, like I said, with the 2004 Super Bowl, five Super Bowl, but and we still refuse to believe that the, the Patriots, the Patriots and maybe they did. Yeah. Like, I, we'll never know the true answer. Um, yeah, I, yeah, who knows? Does AJ Hinch get another managerial job? Well, you would have a better, you know, baseball better than I do, Kevin. I think Hinch will. If he sits out a year. He's got to sit out a year, right? He has to sit a year. Yeah, I think a guy that's won a world, and because world he has series. Enough, if they're painting in this report Cora as the mastermind, Hinch will get another job. Okay, okay? does Cora get another job? I don't think Cora gets another job. And I don't think Jeff Luno gets another job because the other part of this that was interesting that the commissioner threw in there. He's the GM. He's the GM, okay? Was Manfred ripped into the culture of the Astros. Well, didn't they have the thing well, with the St. Louis? Tallman, none, well, they, well, that was St. Louis stole some of their info. Oh, okay. it was the other way They around. were the victim. I'm sorry. Okay? okay, and that person, by the way, has been banned for life. Okay. Okay, that's just the, or that tech guy or whatever. But they had the incident at the, at the playoffs where they were, or at the, yeah, it was at the American League Championship Series where the assistant GM was making fun of the, Female reporters because oh, of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That wasn't Marce- good. That, yeah, wasn't, that good. wasn't good. Uh, there was the. Well, that was just stupid. That was, right. That was just stupid. The, the, there was the Justin Verlander thing. I, well, I, that, because it was it was a it was a spousal abuse thing, right? Yes. He said, "How do you feel about yeah. our reliever now?" Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's just a guy, right? With, with no brains up his ass. Uh, they also had a thing with Justin Verlander, barring a Detroit reporter. Oh right, from a, right, right, right. Yeah. So, but that's to me. See, to but, me, but Manfred lumped this culture. All, yeah, he put he it all talked together. it in and lumped it in with the culture, which see, makes it really. That's almost like a death sentence for a general manager. But I don't. Yeah, you could be right, but I don't. Like to me, Verlander thing and the other thing, they're they're separate things. They're that's they're separate. Yeah. This is this is baseball wrapping it into a big bow. I mean, the way you're explaining it to me, 
maybe they're lucky they only got a year. I mean, you know, you're, I mean, who's to say? Like we saw Kelvin Sampson in basketball, right? Didn't he get like a five year? He couldn't coach an NCAA team for like five years. It was a show cause, wasn't it? Okay, yeah. something like that. I mean, baseball could have maybe said to AJ Hinch and his general manager, "You can't work for five years." I don't know. Like, uh, you know, um, I, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, and you wonder. I still think, Kevin, what's going to happen with all this? I really think if baseball's serious, they're going to have to put a guy. Some way of putting a guy either in the clubhouse or wherever this was taking place, I don't know exactly where, to monitor this, to make sure that this isn't happening. Because you think about it, I mean, every game's on TV, every pitch is on TV, every thing's on on something. Um, what's to stop another team from doing something like this, except for the fact that you might get caught? We should also point out that the... Uh no players were suspended in all this because they felt it was more of an institutional issue. Mm-hmm. However, one of the people who was responsible, according to the investigation, for the setup of this right. is Carlos Beltran. Who's now the, who's the, now the, the Mets manager. Oh, they're already talking about this on New York Radio. Right, and the Mets and, the Mets and Carlos Beltran. He was Beltran, a player at the, the time, right? Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. The Cora apparently set this up. The Mets and Beltran have declined to comment on this as of... If you're Major night. League Baseball... And what you're saying, what has been written is true. How can Beltrain not get something? Oh, I, I mean, I'm just asking because I don't know the answer. But I think if you're going to penalize now, Beltrain didn't win a world. Well, no, he was on Houston's team in 2017. Was he the player? Was that when they set this up? Yeah. Okay. He's got to get something, doesn't he? Should. he? I, you know. So, so you, they're telling me that the Altuvis of the world and all these other guys, all these great players that they have, knew nothing or or just went along with it because people went along told them with to it. go along with it. Went along with it. And they're saying, no, it's the management's responsibility to stop it. Well, I agree with that. And I don't think those – but that's – if I'm like a player on Houston and I benefited from, benefited from this, that's kind of a weak excuse, isn't it? They, uh, they, like, well, you know, they told me it was okay. Um, I don't know. No World Series odds change as a result of the Astros punishment. Caesar Sportsbook. No players were suspended. Astros remain the high for the second best odds at six to one with the Los Angeles Dodgers for the World Series. Yankees are the favorites at four to one. What's Boston? Probably like ten to one. I think they're yeah. 10, I think, Twelve to one. I think people because of the uncertainty about Mookie Betts and everything. Um, but they just signed Mookie, right? Well, they signed him for an arbitration deal, but he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. That doesn't affect this year's World Series odds. No, but I think the, the belief is that, that they might trade they him. They may trade him anyway. Okay. Um. All right. And so let's tell you what. Do you co- think these are the only two teams? Oh, you think, I think. Do you think like a year from now or six months from now or whatever that we're we, going to hear more? We will hear another oh, team. I, I think a few more. Why? Like if it, if if this was their mastermind kind of thing, I think they were just better at it. So you think that that this is going on throughout baseball? I think we, if we learn one thing in the steroid era, there's the public layer, okay. and then there's the private layer. You know, everybody knows on the steroid era who the public okay. cheaters were, okay. quote unquote. The you know the Bonds, the 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 Clemens, right. all those guys who have been linked to it. Right. You know, and have failed tests and all. And there's always the the second layer. Okay, I think you're going to have a second. Wouldn't layer it be wild here. if the Dodgers were doing it? And uh, then you say it sucks. 
Well, hey, hey, hey you, I mean, I'm, you're saying everybody should be under suspicion. Uh, I think the report had a thing saying basically that the Astros have accused about eight to ten teams. Of okay, us. but what if one of them was the Dodgers and Bellinger comes out, rightfully so, and just says, this sucked. And if it comes out that they were doing it, and if it comes out that the Phillies were doing it and they only went 81 and 81 and something's wrong, then because then you're not, you're just not doing it right. Um, This is bad to me. It just, it's just, it smacks of, What's the the right way I'm trying to put this? It's almost like when when the Patriots were like supposedly videotaping stuff. You can't do that. You, you no. can't. And and they never got caught. I mean, to to a degree, they just they did get fined that one year, a lot of money, and lost a draft pick, and with the Mangino thing. But this is just like, yeah, we're going to go back. We're going to video. What, what was it? So they were looking at a TV screen. And how would you figure out? You, if you watch enough of the TV, you can figure out, like, if the catcher's putting a three down, it, it means something. And, and then I guess it would take you a while to figure that out, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the David Freeze tweet that you were talking about. Didn't expect the punishments to be this harsh. Good for MLB to stepping up. Still don't know what's more frustrating, though. An ex-teammate of a World Series title team, Mike Fires, who was the guy who blew the whistle on this, uh, former reliever, taking talking publicly about his team cheating or so many guys being down to use the damn trash can should take the ring. I I, I wouldn't argue that if I'm if I'm him, I understand why he feels Phil, that way. Phil Hughes, I like I like my career numbers against Altuve, Springer, and Correa race from the record books. But here's my so it was only at home games. Yeah. Okay. They play eighty home games a year, right? Eighty one. Okay, eighty home games. And somebody at some point during these games was banging on something. I'm assuming this was happening a fair amount. Now it's loud in that in that play, but nobody noticed like for two years of this going on that there was that we go to Philadelphia and nobody's banging on a trash can. But when we go to Houston, eh, they're banging on a trash can. And did they really need this? Did that team really need it with as talented lineup as well, they have? That's not the point. Every- did the Patriots need to do it? I mean, I mean, you want to win so bad, and you want every advantage you can get. So they went over the line. Right. And now, you know what? Now they're paying them. Let me ask you a question. If you asked, if you polled a million fans in Houston today mm-hmm. and said, <laughs> they're, they're all drinking was at it, this point. Would, would, would you take the World Series for the repercussions? Everyone would say yes. Yeah. It's like if you asked a Philadelphia fan. Like, I, I was going to pose this to you today. I'll do it real quick. We heard all this thing about, and I don't know what the Eagles are going to be in the next 10 years. Yeah, I'm assuming there's a couple years in there where they're going to be Super Bowl contenders or what it may sure. be. But what did we always say before they won a Super Bowl? I, I just give, give me 10 one. years of my life. Just give me one. Give me one. And then as soon as you get to the second year of not having one. Oh, what are, what are we uh, doing? What are we doing? So I'm just wondering like, what Houston fans will think. And I'm not saying their team's going to fall apart. I think they have enough. I mean, Verlander's getting older. They, they, you know, they, they, they might not be a great team two or three years from now. I don't know that, but. Headline on the uh, Houston Chronicle today, darkest day in Astros history. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Did, did uh, our guy write that? No, Jake. Jake's on the athletic now. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, he's moved. Oh, I didn't real. Okay. Yeah. I think everybody's gone to the athletic. Well, that's true, except us. Except us. Um, No, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Good for Jake. Yep. Um, Yeah. I, it, is a dark, it, it is a real dark day because this never goes away. It's a dark day for the sport. Well, this is like a World Series. It never goes away. Mm-hmm. But- 15, 20 years from now, you know, they'll be they'll be getting referenced. The next time there's baseball has a scandal, whenever that is or whatever that is, they're going to reference this. Yep. 
So we should point out, all right, the... Um, you don't sound real surprised, like, that, that this, you know... I'm not... Because you just figured that... You know what? Point, I hate saying it. I've become so numb. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've become numb on... And the rumors have been out there, right, yeah. for a while that something... I mean, I, I, I was... I think that there is a certain win-at-all-cost mindset that has afflicted baseball more than any sport except the NFL. Um, um. I don't that know. that I think that that the rules have been bent. Like, I think with all the analytics going on, I think with all the the performance enhancing stuff that went on in the nineties, nothing really stuns me anymore. It doesn't. Well, I'm mean, like that with the whole world of sports. Like something will happen, and people will say, "Oh, there there would still be." There's not many though. There, there, I mean, Tim Donahue stunned me. I think it stunned me more because I knew his father and you. But the fact that there's always going to be gambling and there's always going to be people trying to beat gambling. There's always some school, and it's usually an obscure school. Like mm-hmm. I remember it happened at Toledo. They had some point thing. Shaving. And I knew my friend worked in Toledo at the time. In fact, it happened against Temple. I think one against Temple. There will be a time in the next couple of years. I don't know where it's going to be, how it's going to be, what it's going to be. Well, you'll hear a story like that. Yeah. Not especially, to Tim, especially not to Tim Donaghy's no. level. But, you know, when you think about it, who, who better if you were going to try to fix a game? Are you, are you going to go to Ben Simmons or are you going to go to the guy who's calling the game? Yeah. Ah, you know, it makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I mean, that did shock me. I, look, I shouldn't say it. Did. Yeah. It, it, but there's very few things in sports that ain't go, Oh, my God. I, I didn't see that coming. I, I might go, oh. it's, I'm older than you. I'm, I'm more numb than you. I, I mean, because every time, I mean, I, I lived through the, you know, the Pete you know Rose when thing. I'm stunned? You know why? You know when I'm stunned when teams get caught. Well, yeah, because you never know, like you said with the steroids, you never knew. It was almost easier to say who wasn't using steroids. But but, but be honest, okay. But back in the how 70s, they get the caught film, this time is they they piss off a reliever over something, and he goes, "You know what? Our World Series, we cheated." Don't that's tra- stunning. Don't, don't trade anybody. I mean, once some guy leaves your team. It, you know, he can do whatever he wants. I remember the Phillies in the 70s had a big amphetamine scandal. Nobody remembers that now. No. That was the, the amphetamines, that was the... Late, that was 79 That 80. was the steroids of the day. That day. was the... Um, and it was something to do with Reading, the, the minor league team, or I don't know. I, I, yeah, but It's funny, because this, I'm sure, is going to come up, and I'll use this as a segue to, to get us out of here. On Thursday, Rob Motti, who is the AP football writer, but also a baseball Hall of Fame voter, is going to join us. We'll discuss the Hall of Fame, which will reveal its newest class next Monday night, I believe. And uh, Rob and I both have Hall of Fame votes. We'll discuss them. I Did know. you tear up when Jimmy Johnson got into the Hall of Fame? You know, I actually thought both of them were... Re- I thought Hat and the Cower scene on Saturday night was... Well, they're going to milk it because it's the network. It's right, but I thought it was really cool. Um, You know, it's funny. I... Like, when, it, when you first say Bill Cower to me, I mean, automatic Hall of Famer? I'm not sure. Like, do you know how many career wins Jimmy Johnson has? Yeah, but it's it's what he did though. He he won two championships and and set Barry Switzer up for a third. His four years with the Dolphins weren't great. I I, yeah, I'm with you. Like, if you said like Jimmy didn't do enough, there were a couple other people on that ballot. Mike Holmgren. They only took two from that ballot. Okay. Mike Holmgren went to two uh, to Super Bowls, uh, three Super Bowls, with two different teams. Yeah, 
Okay, with Seattle, and he got screwed in Seattle by Cowers team and the referees. See, to me, and this is what's wrong with Hall of Fame. Not what's wrong with it. It's just Hall of Fame should be George Howes, Tom Landry, Bill Belichick, those guys. But it's not anymore because, you know, Andy's going to be the sixth most winning. And I get it. I, I get how people. Should Dick Vermeule have been in? I don't know. Like, really, I don't know. Did Dick do enough? Maybe he did. Um, but I think part of that was because he was Dick Vermeil. Mm-hmm. And, and like when Tony Dungy got in, I said the same thing. And I know there was social significance to Tony, and I'm not, not but Tony couldn't win in Tampa, and then Gruden won with his team. Um, like I think Tony Dungy was a really good coach. Was he a great coach? Right. I don't think so. Boy, you're really going to hate my baseball Hall of Fame picks then. No, because you got to pick them. I have no problem with who you're picking. Well, I, I picked nine out of ten. So I'll, I'll you left. You, you, t- you had possibility of a tenth, and you didn't go for I it. I didn't huh? go for it. Okay, that's fair too. I. Uh, but I would say, like to me, and Harold Carmichael's up. I if, think he should be in, but maybe. I look at he, how he could be one of the ten play. They're out of twenty. They're narrowing that field to ten, and this is a special yeah. wing because of the the. the how centennial. Carmichael's numbers are fantastic, and you have to look at a guy in the era he played. Yeah. I think Pete Radslaff should be in the Hall of Fame. When he left the, the NFL, I think he had four hundred and sixty catches. So Al, Al Wistocks, I think, also up. Al, Al Wister. He, he, he was a sack specialist back in the day and before they kept sacks. Right. Ray swears he had 17 in a game. Or somebody, that he had 17 in a game, but they didn't keep sacks Stack. at that point. But, but Pete Radcliffe, when he retired in 66, mm-hmm. or was like fourth on the NFL's all-time list, this, that, the other. And But now when guys are catching 100 balls a game, you know, like Bart Starr stats are never going to look as good right. as somebody playing today. And that's why Hall of Fames are kind of weird. Because, you know, like, what was the guy that got in with the baseball this year? Uh, the White Sox guy. Oh, Harold Beans. You know, but I'm like, no, he, he's not a Hall of Famer. Bob Boone, I don't think, is a Hall of Famer. But if you want to make a case to me, but Bob Boone's basic claim to fame is he played 20 years and played fairly decently. I don't think that's what Hall of Fame means. Hall of Fame to me is that you, should be that you stuck out in your ear for like a decade. That's a Hall of Famer. Um, but anyway, I mean, you know, look, once you lower the bar a little and there's always going to be guys that fall in that, you know, gray area. Is Kurt Schilling a Hall of Famer? Is Andy Pettit a Hall of Famer? Is, um, was Burt Blylevin a Hall of Famer? Was Don Sutton a Hall of Famer? You know, was Don Sutton Sandy Koufax? No. Does that mean he's not a Hall of Famer? I don't know. I don't have an answer. You win uh, 280 games over your career. Like, you know, Ted Simmons was elected on the Veterans Committee. Do you think Ted Simmons is a Hall of Famer? Without looking at his numbers, okay? Okay. I would I would put him in the category of a very good player, not, not a, a great player. I'll put that this Who's Let me ask you this. Who deserves being Hall of Fame more, Ted Simmons or Albert Bell? I'll probably say Albert Bell. Albert Bell had a decade where he dominated. Right, Marvin Miller, by the way, was the other one. Oh, Marvin should Marvin have been twenty, been years, 20 ago. years ago. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, if you put Bud Seal again, you got to put Marvin Miller. So, well, every commissioner gets in. Yep, I think just about yep. maybe. I don't All know. right, we got to go. Thank you very much, Mister Kern. There's a football game on tonight, isn't there? Yeah, there is. I, yeah, I seriously, I almost forgot that there was a football game. 
<laughs> you know. Yeah, we'll, en- we'll join you on Thursday night. Uh, Rob Mati will join us. Hope you do well as well. Thanks to Mike Jensen. Thanks to Mike Jensen. Take care. Limousine.